G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Abraham Lincoln once said, God must have loved the plain people because he made so many of them. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, around the time of the flood, we read that men began to multiply, and mighty men of renown were there. People that stood out, people that were making a name for themselves and often putting others down in the process. When we take our eyes off Jesus, we go in search of a demigod. There's someone we want to look up to. There's an idol we want to admire. Even when Paul and Barnabas had healed a lame man, the Bible says that the people rushed at them and said, the gods have come down in the likeness of men. The fact is that in the church, there are no superstars. Paul asked the question, which is a very good question for us to ask ourselves as a reality check. What have you got that you didn't receive? See, we have received much, but we have this treasure in clay pots, in earthen vessels. In the kingdom of God, there are no extraordinary people, only an extraordinary God. And when an extraordinary God does extraordinary things through ordinary people, we make the mistake of wanting to turn ordinary people into extraordinary people. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Well, hello and welcome to Set Free. It's Phil here and with me is author and teacher Ken Legg. And this week we are looking at how God uses ordinary people. And I'm so glad that he does, Ken, because that must be good news for you and me. Absolutely. (laughs) Or me in particular. Oh, me too. But of course, it seems that the Bible goes at great lengths to point out the ordinariness of those that God used. You know, Paul said, in me, that's in my flesh, dwells no good thing. Well, how about you? (laughs) Have you got good flesh? No, flesh is flesh, and in us, there dwells no good thing. It's only when God gets a hold of us and does wonderful things through us. I love that verse uh, where James says, uh, you know, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Think about it. I mean, Elijah called fire down from heaven. He shut up heaven for three and a half years, and then he said, I think I'll open it now, and Mm -hmm. uh, did all these mighty things, took on the prophets of Baal and so on. But, of course, we see the downside to to Elijah. We saw that, uh, you know, he was suicidal. He wanted to finish his life, and he got into this deep depression. And, yeah, he was a man just like us. In fact, all the people that God used in the Bible times, they were men and women just like us. And that's the point. There was a time when uh, Oliver Cromwell um, wanted his portrait painted. And, of course, his one request was, paint me as I am, warts and all. I believe it was him that, that coined that phrase, warts and all. And that's what the Bible does, isn't it, Phil? It shows us these characters, warts and all. And I'm so glad that it does. I mean, we think about these great guys of faith. Uh, look at David, for example. I mean, what a mighty man of God, but he stuffed up along the way. And that that's actually very comforting to me because I know I do sometimes, but yet look at what he did out of the back of that. He came back 
in a very repentant fashion to God, and God still continued to use him. And, you know, we see not only in the Bible, we see the principle of people thinking that they were somebody great. Um, sadly, we, we see around us, you know, we maybe we want to or people around us want to put others up on a pedestal and, and worship them and then we get rocked when they fall off. You know, we've seen that with pastors who have a moral failing or whatever it might be and that kind of rocks our world. But you know, really it shouldn't because we shouldn't have put them on the pedestal in the first place. Absolutely right, Phil, and, and we, we can't help but, you know, keep making that mistake. We keep falling into that trap. Um, you know, many of our listeners will be aware of Smith Wigglesworth and his amazing ministry. You know, he's a great man of faith, and through him God did some mighty things, especially miracles of healing, extraordinary things, you mm. know. But he was just an ordinary man. I, I, I've i got a lady in my church who um, was at a meeting where one of his contemporaries was speaking. Uh, this gentleman, he comes out regularly from the UK. Uh, he's in his 90s now. Mm-hmm. And I think he happened to mention in this uh, meeting where this lady in my church was present that he knew Smith Wigglesworth, you know. And uh, at the end of the meeting, she came up to him and he was just sitting there on the front row. And uh, she said, wow, did, did you actually know Smith Wigglesworth? And he just stared ahead and he just said, he was just a man. And that was the end of the conversation. She didn't know what to say after that. She went away. But <laughs> but afterwards, um, yeah, she told me that story. And uh, I remember reading a book by this guy, this speaker, you know, that knew Smith Wigglesworth sometime later. And he mentioned an incident where um, this speaker was just a young pastor and he invited Smith Wigglesworth to speak at his church. And uh, he, you know, the speaker didn't actually own his own car. He borrowed his brother's car, which was a bomb. It was just a, a total mess, you know. And he met the, the great evangelist at the railway station. And when Smith Wigglesworth saw the car, he just turned his nose up and said, I'm not getting in that. He said, we'll get a bus. And uh, where'd you live? So he, he sort of told him the suburb, you know, and then this bus came along with that suburb's uh, you know, the name, name on, on the front. front, yeah. So he says, come on, we'll get on this. This is going there. Uh, but it wasn't going there. It was going in another part of the suburb that was far away, but he was so stubborn, you know. So they both got on this bus and uh, got off, you know, him with his suitcase, uh, and they had to walk miles, you know, because he just wouldn't listen. And so here's a man that God mightily used, but too proud to get into an old bomb, uh, too stubborn to listen to a local man about directions, uh, he he was a man with a nature just like us, mm. uh, just an ordinary man, but God used him. Of course, there is an upside of uh, of all of this, the fact that God uses ordinary people, and that means we don't need to be extraordinary because God uses ordinary people, always has, always will. Absolutely. In fact, if you go through uh, that great chapter that we love to quote, Hebrews chapter 11, and I think it's almost deliberate that, you know, the writer to the Hebrews just goes one after another about these characters that God did mighty deeds through. And every one of them had some blemish in their life. You know, like there was, yeah. there was Abraham who, uh, you know, in that moment of weakness said to Sarah, you know, say you're my sister and basically prostituted his wife, basically said she's available. You know, she's only my sister. And then there was Sarah herself who laughed at um, God's word that she was going to have a child. And then there was uh, Gideon who was so fearful and Moses was a murderer. David was an adulterer. You could go on and on through that list and every one of them had a huge problem, you know. Look at the disciples. I mean, what a motley crew that was that Jesus chose. (laughs) Yeah, I've actually done a series on that and uh, it is quite humorous actually when you look at each one of those characters. And But what an encouragement, as you say, Phil. What an encouragement to the likes of you and I that God does use ordinary people. I love what uh, Paul says in uh, 
2 Corinthians, I believe it is, where he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, let's just break that down. We do have a treasure. What God has put in our lives is wonderful, you know, but we have this in, you know, clay pots, earthen vessels. That's all we are. We're just, you know, uh, ordinary people. But he says the purpose of that is that the excellence of the power may be seen to be of God and, and not of us. That word excellence actually means beyond the ordinary. So, the, you know, we're talking about the extraordinary. So God does intend to do extraordinary things through ordinary people. But the, their ordinariness is basically the very thing that's going to point people back to God. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, there's no way that he did that. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way that she did that. They're just, I know them. They're just ordinary people. But look what God did with them. The problem is, Phil, that when God does extraordinary things through us, we actually think, that we are extraordinary. That's the temptation anyway. Is that just, is that pride in us? I think it is. I look, I think it is. I, I think, um, you've hit the nail on the head there. I, I heard a, a funny story once about this bishop that, um, obviously thought he was something special and, uh, he was due to speak at a local parish and, uh, uh, you know, the day came and he was there in the meeting and as the meeting was going on, he, he just looked out over the congregation and he noticed there was hardly anybody there. So he reached across to the um, the local priest and he said to him, didn't you tell people that I was coming today? And the priest said, no. He said, but it looks like the word got out anyway. <laughs> God has a way of kind of bringing us back down to earth, doesn't he? And uh, uh, that's important too. Otherwise, if we get a bit too carried away with ourselves, then, uh, um, you know, it's it's not a good thing. A reassuring study this week that God uses ordinary people. We'll have more for you tomorrow. And until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.